On today's episode, Dave interviews actress Rose Abdu. Rose has appeared in Good Night and Good Luck, That's So Raven, and The Gilmore Girls. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Are we starting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we are. <laughs> Wait, did yeah. we start the minute I walked in the room? No. No, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no. You know, about competition. It's like one of those things at an audition when you you, you okay. size up the other person and you're right. thinking like, okay, she's like a combination of Oprah and Gail. Uh-huh. So if they're going that way, <laughs> they're not going my, you know. Right. And then I think like, well, then that's not the show I want to be in. But then when I got the news today that it was neither of us. That idea of, uh, the idea of competition, like, because I've had so many people sitting in that chair, and that's really, we talk a lot about that. Really? Like, what's your, like, how do you deal with it? And um, so Phil Lamar was here. Do you I know love Phil? Phil Lamar. I fucking love him yeah, so much. Yeah, he's great. I see him a lot at auditions. Yeah, yeah. he works a lot. A lot, yeah. And DeCarla was here yesterday, and Mo Collins was here, ah. and um, Susan Messing was here. In this very chair? In that very chair. I feel honored to be yeah. sitting Well, you're chair. you're there for, the, for a reason, because there's a common denominator with all these people. And the common denominator is this. It's like... We we do we do this job, or we're artists. Mm-hmm. And how do we deal with things like dealing with competition? How do we deal with jealousy? How do we deal like not dealing with jealousy, but just going? Essentially, it's about this: whatever the energy you put into it, that's what you're focusing on. Exactly. So if you're going to focus on why didn't they like either one of us? What's the problem? You could do that, right? But you didn't do that. No, I just thought this is interesting because I ha- my agent said. Um, wow, they were really off the mark. Mm-hmm. I said, what does that mean? He said, the, the, the casting and producers, they were really off the mark. And I thought, that's such a business person's way of thinking of it. It's like, can you imagine being the creator of that show? You find these funny people. They're mm-hmm. both experienced. I'm sure she was as experienced. I'm not sure she was as funny. No, I'm sure she was as funny. <laughs> and they bring the people in. And then the network business people say, no, not either of those two people. The network business people. They're off the mark. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. The, my agent was like, and it's like, you can't psychically as a creative person go into a process saying, let me psychically know what they want. Let's only bring them the kind of people they're going to approve of. Right. And I read an interesting article a couple years ago, David Mamet wrote about how casting by committee is never going to be creative. No. How? How? You have 12 people and all 12 people have to agree. It's the very, it's anti-art. Right. You know, co- committee decision is never going to bring you the, that unique, interesting, if you had to get 12 people lined up to say, we all love this painting, we're going to hang in this hotel lobby. How, how? How? I mean, what choice will you get then? You right. get something that's like everyone can live with. There's a difference between doing something by committee and doing something collaboratively. Exactly. And and I that think that was the, the thrust of that article actually right. too. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it goes back to the Second City. Yes. Where at Second City, doesn't you go, everything, David? It does. Go back to the Second it City. It really does. <laughs> it really does. The way that we fucking deal with people. Yeah. And the way that you can say we, fuck it on a podcast. I can't say I fuck know. it on a podcast. I didn't oh, yeah, know. yeah, my podcast. <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck you want to say on a podcast. <laughs> well, yesterday we really got. That's a Carlo, man. He pulls. He, he's so funny. He's so Do funny you know player. that? May I go on a sidebar about yeah, him for a second? Yeah, that's called the ADD podcast. Okay, so good. To go he inspired me because I've known him forever and ever since he was the host of Studs. Right. Where I believe one of the lines were he wore brown leather pants that looked like chocolate on a frozen banana. Correct. And Mark DiCarlo, he he had his home in a makeover show. Do you know that? Yes. I, Did you watch oh, oh, it? Vaguely, vaguely, vaguely. Okay, vaguely, they, vaguely. he lives on such a high hill, they had to yeah. lift the hot tub over the house to drop it by a crane into the backyard. I live on a very high hill. I would like a hot tub. 
in my backyard. <laughs> Yesterday, for some reason, Casting Frontier sent me five no reply, you know, auto automated casting things uh-huh, right. couples needed for house makeover. And I thought, right. it came five times. It's got to be a sign. Right. I, I, this is meant to be. So I wrote a whole entire thing about how we really want a hotel garden makeover, inspired by the fact that I was like, yeah, Mark DiCarlo on there getting oh, his garden. Mark DiCarlo and D. Ryan, D. and Austin. I had didn't that. know D. had it oh, too. Oh, D. had it too. All right. Well, I am into the hotel garden makeover, and it was like, please describe your relationship in detail. And I thought Mark DiCarlo and Yenny can get on there with it, and the, the yard turned out beautifully. I mean, they have a hot tub, and I mean, it was watching the hot tub swing over the house on a. Crane. This is recently. Recently, yeah. That's what it's interior that, got therapy. It. So I applied for it yesterday, and I'm I I have to tell Mark DiCarlo he inspired me to get a room makeover. A garden room makeover. Isn't it funny? Like, the people that we know how inspiring they are on different ways, that, different levels that you don't even fucking know how inspiring they are. That you don't even know, and they don't even know they've inspired you. They don't even know. And Correct. that's one of the reasons where you go, you know, what's my life worth? And why is it? Why I've no, I've, you know, I, I don't make a difference in anybody's lives. It's like, you, you don't do. fucking know that. You, you don't, don't know even that at know all. how you've touched people. Exactly. I have people come up. Rebecca Corey came up to me not mm-hmm. that long ago, mm-hmm. and she was like, you're the reason that I decided to do this. I said, well, depending on how it's going for you, I either deeply apologize or... <laughs> Or I take all the credit for all your success. Right. You know, and she said, she said, I met her years ago, years ago with her dog in Lincoln Park. Right. And I said, come to my show. And she came to Second City. And she's been a very successful stand-up. Oh, yeah. For, for a long time. And Do I you thought, know Rebecca I didn't know. Uh-huh. I inspired it. Can I show you my dog bite? Yeah. Since who the ADD? fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Your dog? Who bit no, you? it's my sister's dog. He's vicious. Roscoe. His name was Comet. My mother can't ever remember dogs' names. My mother's from Dominican Republic. And my mother... The little dog next door was named Buttons, and my mother would routinely go, Sipper, Sipper, come here. Well, I knew it was something to fasten the clothes, but I don't know if it's Buttons, Sipper, whatever. The other dog, the other neighbor had a dog named Snowball. Blizzard, Blizzard. I go, ma, it's not. I knew it was something to do with the weather. Okay. So then now the sister gets the dog from Indiana. It's a dog named Comet. Who's it looks sister like a gets Comet, a dog? my own, uh-huh. Lucy, uh-huh. for my niece. Yes. And it's Comet, it's American Eskimo dog. Where it looks like live? a comet in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So they rescued oh, so that's this dog. An old wound. It's two weeks old and it still looks like that. Can you believe it? So they renamed the dog Comet Roscoe. And what do you think my mother calls the dog? Uh, Costco, Costco, come Costco. here. Costco. Like it's not. It's Roscoe. So he's vicious. Oh, she's so cute. Did you know? I think he's trying to keep you with the herd of pe- like is he is used to herding the cows. So when you get up from the table, he thinks you are a cow who escaped. Because he do the same thing to me. He he bit Vicious. you. He bit you. Look at his tooth went right through my. But you should have seen it too. Did weeks you? Ago. What did you do about that? Oh, uh, to treat it, I put Neosporin on it. Should I be doing something else? Well, so I don't I got, lose a limb right here at the podcast. I got bit by the dog that used to be the uh, by the by the dog that that was owned by the old stage manager at Second City when it was okay. on Melrose. Okay. And his dog's like, what a cute dog. It's like, oh, I'm going to keep my dog. Little, like, vicious dog. No, I don't know. What the, it, was like, it, looked like a, it looked like a spitz. And it, Jesus Christ. And it was like, I'm looking at it, and he's like, I'm keeping my dog behind the counter here. I'm like, what do you mean you're keeping your dog behind the counter? I'm the artistic director of this place. You fucking just can't keep your fucking dog <laughs> you here. Keep dog wherever you want. What are you doing? So it's like, it's okay. It's all right. He's going to be okay. It's all right. It's like, I don't know that. And so I look behind there. And, and you love dogs. I love dogs. Yeah. I fucking love dogs. So I look back there and the dog looks up at me and I look up at the dog and I reach out and that fucking dog just went Garrar! and bit me Even. right here, <gasps> like really hard and was holding on. Holding on. And so with my left hand, I beat, I was like no. punching him in the like, side. Like, like instinctively you just. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Going, well, if somebody hurts me, I'm going to punch you. 
I'm going to punch you. I've never tested you, you in that manner. No, God, most people don't. Okay, and so but you, no punch, one you was punch him right so in I'm the head? So I'm punching him. I'm punching him in the neck. I can't even I'm neck it. punching him. Tell me the color. Of the, I need to know the color of the dog. White. And it's what were you wearing? What were you wearing? I was, I was wearing shorts. Okay, all right. I was wearing shorts and I had you like a button down shirt. And I know all these because I got fucking blood oh my on my God, shorts David. and my shirt. And I'm punching the fucking dog and I'm oh punching it. I'm going, Jesus Christ. And at that time, I didn't have health insurance. Oh, no. And what was happening was and you're thinking a dog, dog bite, infections. A dog spreading. bite does its different the saliva. Dirtiest. It's different. Right. And so I had a sting. Why do people say their dogs have cleaner mouths than humans? When their bite can... Why, why do people say... Why, why do people say bite? Romney is, is a better, why a better do they? president why than do fucking... They? Why do they fucking Speaking say that? Speaking of which, my shirt came yesterday from the Obama store. Uh-huh. It was too, too small. tight. I know. So tight. They said go up a size. And I said better a tight shirt than a tight race. I do not want to hear that they'll wear their neck and neck. No, no, they're not neck and neck. They're not tight. It's not tight. My shirt is very tight, though. It hurts in the armpits. Don't wear so it. So I'm very... I've buy gotten another. a lot of requests from people to wear it, buy David. An, buy an, a lot oh, of I see. Want right. me to wear you know, I don't live in that Perhaps world. that would raise I'm, a little money. Close friends I don't for know. It to be that. All right, I'm not going to wear the tight shirt. But it's 2012. <laughs> 2012. For, I mean, it's just, it's too tight. But it, didn't, it came in a timely fashion, which I appreciated. Because I got on there and wrote. This year, I wrote so many times. I, Dear Michelle Obama, I enjoyed your speech. I wrote them so many times because I found the emails this entire campaign season, if I may complain to you, to be very like, they're catching they're catching up with us. Yeah, they we're are. We're catching up with them. We're having, you know, and it was this threatening like language. And oh, I thought, I see. stop right. putting us on a, comp- a competition track with the, I'll just call them the other side. I'm not right. even going to dignify it with a name. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was like, you must donate. Donate by midnight tonight. Donate. And I thought, you donate. And then the very next moment, they ask you for another um, whatever it is. Yeah, they do. That's why I was like, I don't really want to Now, do you get notice money. it's dropped from 25 to, now it's 8 What's Give eight dollars. The, the Obama oh, campaign. Oh yeah, yeah. Eight dollars. All you need is three dollars. Like, how did they come up with eight? Well, it's that same guy in the corner. It's like all I need is forty-five cents. Yeah, okay. Going, I don't know, I'll forty-five. Give you, cents. I'll give you forty-two. Cents, exactly. And I'm gonna make you work for the exactly. Isn't that exactly. Horrible? But yeah. May I, I just tell you one thing? Because I'm thinking about homeless people and how you know it's very sad to see them here because you see more homeless people. Oh my people god, you do. Because the weather's so nice year round. Right. Okay. Right. So in Chicago, they used to sell streetwise the right. paper. Right. Yeah. So I would do. see them, right, and I would think like I want to give them a dollar and not take the paper. Sometimes I would read the paper and then right. just give it back to them because mm-hmm. they want it. They need. I think that's a great thing that they sell the paper. Yeah. Then I was on Chicago Avenue and I got a McDonald's. I had a coupon, so I got a meal, and the lady I was giving it to went. I said I don't have a dollar for you, but I have food. Is it hot? <gasps> and I still think about her. Yeah. And I thought you have kind of ruined it for your fellow homeless people. Right. You make it bad because for everybody. Because now I want to give other ones right. food, but I don't want them to look at me and go, well, what was it? Was it hot? <laughs> Listen, I know that's not politically correct to talk about Doesn't the pickiness of homeless no, people, no, but, but I you don't know care. What? It you happened can... to me, David. It's the truth. No, I know. Is I know. it hot? Right. It's no, I food. get it. Do you not want any food? This is, and there's the other way. Is that but, the rudest that I'm upset with homeless people for being not grateful for my bag of is, shitty, <laughs> shitty fast food? Exactly. I'm the worst person in the world. Carell and I were going to, we're doing a scene on Main Stage. And how's that for just jumping right in? Do it. Uh, Carell and I were doing a scene on Main Stage. And it was basically a Lenny and George scene. It was okay. like telling me about okay, the rabbits. Okay. Like, you know, and we're like, we're two homeless people. Right. And, and it, it wasn't hitting off. And people in the audience were shouting out like, tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> It's like we gotta fucking change it. We don't know what the like audience is way ahead of us, so we need to go out. So Carell and I went to the corner to talk at the corner where the guy was selling Streetwise, right? And um, and we said, all right, what's your story? What's your story? And he said, this is my story. Uh, I had a house in Hinsdale. Okay, wow. Um, I was married. Fancy. Fancy. Okay. Had a house in Hinsdale. I was married. I had. uh, uh, It was great. 
Um, I lost my job. I was in advertising. Okay. I lost my job in advertising. Um, my wife and I had a downgrade to an apartment. Okay. Someone below us had their stove on, burned oh, up no. our entire oh, apartment. Wow. Um, and I was living with people, and my wife left me, and now I'm here, wow. and I'm going. And both Steve and I look at each other and go, well, "This scene's over. We're not doing that fucking <laughs> scene." Can't. But you don't know. You don't but know what happens. Like, what you know? Where's is it hot? Like maybe fuck she you. was a, formerly a very privileged person. Right, but you know what? You're not now. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking not now. You're not now. No. Oh, so I want to finish the story about the bite because I'm almost done. The dog bite, please do. All right. So, so your blood is dripping on your shorts. Festers. No, David. It festers, it Rose. Does? It felt. I've, oh, nev- no. I've never felt a pain like that before. Oh, no. So I don't have health insurance, but I do have a guy who's a student oh, no, of mine. That's never good. I have a guy. <laughs> no, he's a student of mine. Okay. And he works in a clinic. No. Okay. He goes to prisons around oh, California treats- and he's a doctor. Okay. So he prescribed me That's antibiotics. even better because you got to know there's some biting going on in prisons. I imagine prisons to be full of people biting ears, fingers. Well, Am I you know, wrong? I, worked in I don't prisons. watch a lot of I worked prison in prisons shows. For you. I remember that. Yeah, I, I was frightened for you. May I tell you that I went to an audition the other day and I thought I was wearing scrubs and when my husband came home, he watches a lot of lockup, you know, like a lot of shows like that. Uh-huh. He said, hey, hey, convict. I said, what, what are you talking about? He goes, those aren't scrubs, those are convicts. What makes something a scrub and something a convict? What color? Well, it was royal blue. Is that a convict outfit? I don't know. Did I go to the Goodwill and think I was buying a nurse outfit and buy a convict outfit? I don't know. He had snaps down the front. He said I looked just like a a female convict. That's not what I wanted to project, and I did not get the role. So maybe they thought I looked like a convict, too. You're right. You wait. Aren't you already? Wait. Aren't you already on a show? You're on a show right now. I'm on a show. I'm on a show show called Bunheads. Right. Now, if I said to you Bunheads, what would you think that meant? Well, I already know what it is. Well, what, really? Yeah. All right, what would you think that meant? Would they know? I don't know. Like hair? Hair, hair, a bun, a yeah. bun. Just yeah. So many people are like, why'd they call it bunheads? It's a knot because it's a ballerina. It's a show about ballerinas. Yeah. I am not a ballerina in the show. No. Very good. You are not a ballerina. No, no, I tap, but I'm a town's lady and I tap dance and the show is on ABC Family and the show got picked up for more episodes. Fuck. So that's you, exciting. So you're recurring. I recur. Yeah, I did four of them. Uh-huh. Uh, five of them. So that's, that's cool. Isn't this an awesome time for people that we know? I think it is. I do. Well, I had a, a guy tell me a long time ago, you uh, hit your stride performance-wise when you're um, after 40. Do you believe, but but do you, that's such a weird thing to I say. Know. It, I, it at the time, I didn't fucking, like it at all. But it sticks in your well, head. Well, probably like, I was just doing stuff like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what happens now. Nothing's going to happen until after I'm 40. So then is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? It's where a you curse. Think, well, it's a now, fucking curse. Well, or was it like now after 40, I'm thinking I'm expecting all good things to come and they are coming. It's a curse. So maybe, is it a curse? Or it's a, a curse. Okay. It's a curse because you go, because somebody once said to me, uh, my friend Maury Smith, we would drive around, get high in the car and drive around. Um, we, or, or, you know, we just drive around, we cruise, we call it cruising. And we stopped at a, we stopped to get gas okay. and I get out of my car and I'm 17 at that time. I'm not now. Okay. I was 17 at that time. I get out of the car and I, I fill up the, I fill up, I'm filling it up and I go, oh, I got to do the windows. I got to wash the windows. And he said this. Okay. David Rosowski always needs to have clean windows. Oh. That fucking thing. I am not. Stop. With not you. thought about that. I have not. You. It stuck with me stuck every with time, you. every fucking time. I kind of like that though, time. because that's a very positive thing about you. And you think when you're driving around with a dirty window, I cannot lower my standard because my friend said I always have to have clean windows. Right. So that's awesome. I it think that's, is awesome, but it's kind of no. Up. It inspired you to always have clean windows. No, it's a curse. Well, one time I, there, I was with an actress, Julia Campbell, and she said to me, "I was putting on makeup," and she goes, "It must be very difficult to be Rose Abdu." 
And she said that while I was putting on makeup. And I said, why? And she goes, because you have so many things. You have all your things and you're so particular. And I have to say, when I'm getting ready, I think it is difficult to be me. Is I it have difficult? a lot. Of, but there's no, also the idea of like how fucking Because you love your shit. I love you it. Love I love shit. my stuff. Do you know that I was looking at my stuff today? I have an open closet. May I share with you? I have an open closet. I don't have a door on my closet. Mm -hmm. That forces you to keep your closet very organized. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy looking at all of my things. Do I feel guilty that I have so many things? Sometimes. Sometimes I feel guilty that I'm that I consume. You know, I imagine at the end of the world, let's say you pass away and all of your stuff's in a giant pile. Like everything you've ever purchased is in a giant landfill and it has your little name tag. Dave Rosowski stuff. <laughs> and everyone who comes to your memorial can look, wow, look at the amount of stuff that guy has. There's owned. a woman who Sometimes had... I think about that, but then I think that's not gonna happen. No one's ever gonna have to know how much stuff I accumulated. No, they will. I don't will. have shame about I it. I have an uncle. No, they right won't. Now. No, they won't. They well, won't my uncle Mort. Your uncle Mort died. My uncle Mort, right? Did your uncle Mort die? No, he didn't die. Oh, okay. But he fucking went off. Okay, okay. Like, I remember like you telling me that. Half, okay. No, this is recently. Oh, no. He lives in I Beverly Hills. He already Wood. went off, David. He went, he, he just. He went more off. Well, he went more. I don't okay. know if I told right. you that okay. I went over to his house and yes. every yes. fucking horizontal yes. surface had crap yes. on it. Yes, like in a hoarder's like, way. A hoarder, right? Something happens like, when the people Something get happened. Yeah. He snapped. Okay. So one day he snapped, extra snap. Okay. And I get a phone call from somebody saying, his. I'm calling him in his. It's a busy signal. A friend of his is a busy signal. We okay. head over there. So I go over to his house. No. The fucking front door is ajar, which he never would do. Oh, no. The, the, his, his security gate is ajar. His front door is ajar. I walk in, like, and I'm just thinking to myself, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. Please be dead. Oh, in your I bed. know. Please be fucking dead in your bed. Please be dead in your bed. Please be dead in your bed. Please be dead with a smile on your face. In your, in your bed. bed. What a way to go. Wearing clothes. Uh, yeah, not Please in the tub. No, clothes. not in the tub. Not totally. Not slamming. Not, Got not it. bloody with your brain. Uh, not like, just like with your hand on your penis. Like, <laughs> like having, you know, not. I want you to quietly, be Uncle Mort, in your bed. In your bed. And so I go through his house and he's not there. Oh, no. He's not there. And I'm going, hello, hello. And I'm looking and I look at his bed. And it's it's just a mess. Like he hasn't changed his sheets in a long no, time, no, no, you know. No, no. And uh, why am I telling this story? So he oh, so here's the thing. He goes he goes. Uh, I have to fill out a missing persons report. You can't find Uncle Mark. I can't find Uncle Mark. So two days later, so this is chips. So two days later, it's our it's a next our neighbor's dog. Two days later, now he's been gone for two days. The cops call and say, we found him. Where was he? He was wandering the streets no. looking for his house. No, no. But here's the thing. So I go, so we're like, this is it. He's got to be put in a home. So we go to his house and I go through all of his shit. I'm going through all of his stuff and I'm looking at all of his stuff. And you go, Rose, there's there's, there's a, a point where stuff. you go, Too much stuff. somebody is going to look through your stuff. I know. I do. I do think that. I have to say since 9-11... I was preparing before the age of Facebook where you could post your profile pictures, which you're assuming are pictures that you've sanctioned yourself to be okay pictures. Do you remember after that happened, a moment for the 9-11, there were pictures all over the news of this person is either missing or this person passed away. And all I could think about was, did that woman want that to be the picture oh, that God, circulated? Yeah. So right. every time I'd get on a plane, I would put a post-it note over the pictures that I sanctioned as Pictures that are okay to put all over the news, and every right. time I got on a plane, I would put, I would put a post-it note on which pictures would be okay. Well, one of the things that I always notice is when you go to the when there's an obituary, you always look. Uh, you can leave that open. That's okay. I just love that little dog. I know it's just a beautiful dog. Um, when you when there's an obituary, it has a picture of a young person. Yes, yes. And then you look and you go, yes. Myrtle Beach right. was you know 95 when she died. It's like. This is a 30-year-old. I know. Who makes that decision? Well, I think the family wants to show 
the people that might be looking for her, how she looked back in the day, right. so that they can go, I remember her, and come to the funeral. Right. Because they are also very old. And if they saw another picture of a very old person, they wouldn't even recognize that was the person they needed to go to. Right. I think that's why. I'm not sure. But now I'm relieved to know that if something should ever happen to me, the pictures people would probably use to be on the news, I'm sure they would put one on the news, character actress Rose Amdu has come to an untimely end. <laughs> They would use one of the pictures that I already said was okay to put on my profile. I would imagine These that the in a few, like there are certain people who who have that in their will. This yes, is the picture yes. that I want. But to. I was thinking, I had recently an illness, right? And I did look at my stuff, thinking, okay, if something happens to me, this jewelry chest goes to. You thought my, about it. You said it. Said it. Told people. You told. You yes. Told your and husband. my friend Krista said to me, No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You're going to give the jewel. I said, No. She goes, I want the chest. So people started to say the things that they wanted. Uh huh. And I thought, Okay, costume jewelry goes to Tracy Thorpe. Uh huh. The good jewelry goes to my sister. The chest goes to Krista. Like I started thinking about things I cared about, and the rest of the stuff I, I didn't. What did care. you? But uh, okay, so you really, you you really went deep into I, that I kinda, sort of stuff. I kind of had to, only because I was thinking of not. When you face an illness like that, you 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 get to a point where you're thinking like, okay, let's take it all the way. I think you make your mind go to the all the way. So point when you took so your you mind to go back. all the way, yeah. was it a? Because it sounds to me like you took it to go all the way. It wasn't like, oh my god, a panic. It was Not like, at all. let's be realistic, very realistic about and methodical, and very because I at the point where I was sick, and I say was because I'm past it now. Yes, you are. I believe I am. Yes. Um, that I was thinking, okay, I don't want to do this thing that's going to kill me. Like, I mean, I had several friends say chemotherapy, if we can take a left turn off of dog bites, doesn't, the cancer doesn't kill the people, the, the treatment kills the people, right. you know? Right. So I was thinking, I didn't want to do it. You didn't want did to? Did not want to do it. No. I think I talked to you. No, I talked to you, you about did. it. And, yeah. and the crazy shit, the platinum that you got. Yes, I, I, I didn't want to do the chemotherapy. Right. Now, this is how much I love things. I will be this shallow for a moment. I thought, I have this group of friends that says, okay, you had cancer. Mm -hmm. You should do the chemo. I didn't want to do the chemo. I thought if it comes back, all those faces will be like, told you so. And who will buy me presents? <laughs> <laughs> who would buy me a get well gift? Right. If it was big, I told you so. So I said, I did it for the gifts and the cards and the flowers. Got it. To prevent the fact that I would just be sitting there with everybody going, told her to do it. Right. She's in it. I didn't think that would be rewarded with presents. I think they'd be really mad. You do like presents, though. I like presents. I got a present every day when I was sick. Every day for a year. Right. Someone sent me something. Right. Every day. But watching you go through that, it was like it, you didn't fucking let up once. Like you Thank didn't you. let up my once. Friend, you fucking my did friend not let said up once. you fit the cancer into your life. You didn't stop your life for the cancer. And you my also let Zade people take that. care of you. I which did. Which is unfucking believable because when, you know what? We go back to this idea, going back to this idea of you don't know how we inspire people. That's true. So watching you let people get you a fucking glass of water. That's nice. And I have and, to say I miss it a little bit. No, of is course you wrong? do. But you miss yeah. that. But you know, we're, we're appreciative. <laughs> you want a glass of water? I, I, I have a glass for you. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, the idea of let someone... Yes. Oh, you had your own cup, right? Didn't yeah, I had to own, have my own everything. You had your own everything. I had my own everything. But all that is I really have to make inspiring. you, as a good friend, would do check for me. Is anything going on? Do I have anything in my teeth? No, you have nothing. Nobody nothing. can see that. All right. You know, I still wanted you probably could have said, like, in the beginning, it's like, oh, you're wearing that Obama shirt. It's really tight. No, no. And then give people the idea. Oh, I know, but I'm not. I'm not wearing that. No, it's too um, tight. I'm wearing but, a blue dress for anyone out there who cares. Right. I I did let people take care of me, but I had, if if anyone's interested, and I don't know why they would be, but the chemo was called oxaloplatin, and I found this so interesting. My friend David had cancer. Mm -hmm. He said the guy was researching it. 
he was pushing around cancer cells in a petri dish with a with a, a poker, if you will, mm-hmm. a pencil made of gold. The cancer cells were attracted to that thing, so they thought, why not liquefy this thing that we're poking them around with? So my chemo was made of platinum, and it was called oxaliplatin. Right. And it was made of platinum, but because they were putting that through my veins, I could not touch metal. So I felt like a superhero in the worst way possible, where I couldn't think about your day. How many things are metal? You have no idea. Right. Banisters, chairs in a courtyard, right. table bases, right. my tweezers right. to pluck my eyebrows, right. the microwave handle. I right. couldn't touch any of it without gloves. And even through the glove, it would be horrible. And then there was something called first bite syndrome, where if you drank anything cold, you felt like metal spikes were in your neck. But this not, is the kind of shit they don't tell you. Right. Only on the very first drink. Right. So you that. would look at all food and drinks like, is that worth first bite? No. Is that worth first bite? Best diet I've ever but been that, on. But it that in itself, it, it, like right there. Mm-hmm. And watching you do that made me more mindful of the world that I live that in. That makes me happy. And so you're that, the, like, you're a couple different people have said that to me. And but that, it's all about the mindfulness that you're living really in your is. life right now. So you say to yourself, okay, so you're talking about the mindfulness needed in just touching something. That's right. But it's also the mindfulness that, that's, pardon me, needed when you think about something. Right. Let's go back to what you talked about when we first sat down. The idea of they didn't take either one of those people. You did not engage with that thought. You didn't touch that idea of how I fucked up. Right. You understand what I right. mean? Right, exactly. You didn't hold on to no. the metal that is that. You let that David, go. David, good point. I like the way you put that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did let it go. And I think that is what something like being sick like that teaches you is just there's certain things that are just too stupid to hold on to. They're just, you oh can't get God. all involved in it because it's just like, you know, I got a call. Someone said, oh, so it wasn't a good phone call to get, huh? From the head of the agency saying you didn't get that role. First of all, the role wasn't mine right. to begin with. So it's not like I lost it. Right. I never had it. You can only lose things that you actually had. That you engage with. Right. So it wasn't mine to begin with. And I said, there's no bad phone calls unless it's the doctor saying we saw something on your scan and we don't know what it is. Right. I've had that phone call already. So to me, everything else is fantastic. Right. I mean, once I was sitting, and you know, we as actors, you tell war stories of crappy audition situations where you're like, they sat me in a hallway opposite a dumpster and you just feel like so humiliated. Like people think, show business is so glamorous. It's like, no, you're really sitting next to a dumpster where there's day old fish and it's the Sony cafeteria and all the executives are like moving back and forth and you're by the trays and the dirty silverware going, hope I get the role. I mean, you're just like, it's the worst. And then I think, this is humiliating. Wait a minute. Not in the chemo, lazy boy. Yes, ma'am. Fantastic. Yes, ma'am. Whatever yes, happens ma'am. now. Right. I'm not in the thing with the thing with the in the vein. And the even if you think of the thing with the vein, I'm mm-hmm. not in the thing with the thing with the vein. You know where you are? You're sitting at mm-hmm. a fucking audition right. or a callback or whatever the fuck it is, and you've got to be grateful for yes, that. Yes, exactly. That which you have. You've got and a glove. You're in the game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and so the idea, like that phone call, like every phone call, or all the war stories that you look back when you're younger and you go, oh fuck, I wish I didn't do that. Then when you're older, you go, I wouldn't fucking. Trade that exactly. experience for the fucking world. Yes, yes. The idea because that- things become very funny later on. I mean, we were in a comedy club parking lot. I remember, and Deb Thaker, to this day, very talented actress, we still look at each other and go, remember that dumpster we sat next to? And it's just like a shared bonding experience. Even Second City and all the weird things that happened there. Right. At the time, you were like, why is this happening? And now it's just hilarious. Did you do that? Did you do the why this is happening? You yeah, didn't, I really you didn't, didn't do that. I don't Other think I did. Other people did. Other people did it. I had to listen to it, but I, I don't right. think I did it. No. Well, do you remember I had I, a blast. I really me did. Me too. And Unless I'm, I'm rewriting history in my mind, I really had fun there. You, you know what? I, I look I think, back. I remember us having fun. I remember so clearly being backstage with you. You had boxer shorts. Listeners out there, David had boxer shorts with uh-huh. giant black ants on them. Yes. And every time you dark. wore them, because we the would see each other. I did not yeah. know they glowed in the, glowed in the dark. Every time we were backstage in our underwear a lot with each other. Right. And when you would wear them, and I'm not saying you wore them all the time. They were in your rotation. But they you were. certainly had a number of boxer shorts. Yes. 
you would slap your 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 thighs as though the ants were alive. Yeah. Never failed to amaze me. Yeah. No. And it's to true. amuse me. Mm-hmm. I laughed every time as though it were the first time I'd seen no, it. No, they're ants. Do the ants in the pants slap? The ants are ants. I got ants in my pants. And you said it like it surprised you I'm every time. Ants in your pants. Yeah. I love the ants and your pants. Uh, the, so there was that, but it's also like how many people there, um, without naming names, how many people there were like bitching about it? Yeah, and, a lot like, of people and I remember about it. I came into the ETC cast because Joyce said, uh, executive producer Joyce Sloan, Joyce Sloan said, uh, God bless, oh my God, oh my God, Joyce. I um, her. Joyce said, um, we need a clown back in ETC. <gasps> they're just having to, they're arguing all the time. And that's how and you got in that's there. That's how I got in. See? Joyce called me up on the phone and she said, I need you to go in there because it. there's just too much that fucking and your energy up stuff. changed it. It I never I don't know that it changed it because it, it was it, it is of what it was. It but I remember being back there and I remember how much fucking fun we had. A lot of or, fun. Answer my shorts. How much fucking <laughs> fun we had back there. Yeah. And the show that we did and the and and Barb Wallace, God bless her. I bumped into her. Did you? In I have That was our director. She used to say that keeping control of us was like keeping puppies in a box. Yeah. Because we were constantly, we were all over the place, and she focused us in. And really, I have to say, our show was the first one to get, not that it means anything that other shows didn't get awarded, but it was a big deal back then that we got an award because Second City hadn't been awarded in that way by that committee. I can't remember the name of it right now. The the Jefferson Committee. Committee In 10 years. Right. So we were the first show in 10 years that got the notice. Right. Yeah. Good for us, David. I fucking love it, and I look back on that, and it's always a, I always look back on I that as as a great time. Me too. And I look. Did you? Did you? What did you? When did you leave there? I feel like I left in like ninety one or something. What was the last I show only had you did? two two reviews. The the our time show was the last show. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake, man! We I remember doing that show with you on our town, and the people would come see it. Remember we used to, Second City became popular at night with like, go to the prom and then go to Second City afterwards. Right. So you'd see this just drunk audience with like their prom dresses that right. were a little crooked and the guy with the tuxedo with the loose right. tie. Are wow. we done? Uh, no. What's happening? Someone's coming over? Oh, it might be. Um, and they were package. young. And I remember thinking they're not going to understand the show unless they've read the book Our Town. And oh many God. times they had not read the book No, Our no, Town. no. And they would no. look at us with that really puzzled, bizarre. Right, because they're expecting this. Right. show, And it's like, oh, there's Spoon River Anthology. Like, what the fuck is that? And there's. Uh, oh, know. but that show was just so fucking It was fun really do. fun. And Pistane Hat. Is someone and- coming? No, no. Um, I don't I'm getting, remember the song Piss Stained Hat. I don't want to wear no piss stained hat. hat come the judgment day. I love it. No, I'm, uh, all my collages, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm wrapping them up and I'm having a gallery opening in Chicago. I'm very excited for you. When is that? It's going to be October, the beginning of October. I wish so I could I'm be there. Them, I'm sending them all off. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I'm enjoying the one with the person eating spaghetti. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like him very much. David, I'm yeah. going to Chicago very soon. Mm-hmm. The end of September. For what? I'm excited to be back there. Uh-huh. I'm going to take, my husband has never been there. That's it? And we're going, and I'm very, very excited to be there because I miss that city every day. I like living in Los Angeles, but I miss it. I miss the I miss the Four Seasons. You have family there still, so you go. I do. I yeah. go there a lot. My dad's, I saw my dad's the cutest birthday. picture of your dad's 80th birthday. That was he so great. is adorable. He is. Yeah. And there's another example. And I love, for some reason, I really do have that snooping, I don't know, is it voyeur? I don't know if you can call it a voyeur. I love to look at pictures of people when they were little. Nothing thrills me more than to see you and Jordy in your little striped shirts and red pants or whatever the heck you would wear right. back in the day when you were right. six years old. I love to look at p- pictures because I loved that documentary that's 28 Up. 
the Michael Epton, the seven, you know, show me the child at seven and I'll show you the adult. Right. I really think you can see in a little seven-year-old self what the person's going to be like when they're... Oh, clearly. You know, and it's but fascinating to me. But there's a picture that you have of you dressed up as a little kid... No, I didn't dress up as a little kid. No, 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 I was no, no, no. actually That's a little kid, David. That's I'm not pretending no, to be no, a little kid. No, no, you're right. You're right. I was <laughs> you were, an actual You were actually a little, little kid. kid. Yeah. So I remember there's a picture that you have of a little... Am I in little, an orange pantsuit? What's that? I'm in an orange pantsuit. Yes, you are. And I'm caressing the big color TV. Exactly. And I thought you knew right then that that TV was the most important thing in the house to me. And... Yeah. I had my hand on the TV like it was my boyfriend <laughs> or my pet. Did you decide at what at what point did you decide that that's this is what you wanted to do? I still haven't decided. Yes, you did. I don't think I have. I think it was one of those things where I'm one of those people that doesn't. I like to do things that come easily for me, uh-huh. and it just kept happening. And I ha- I've told the story before that I was at Michigan State studying. I was teaching acting, mm-hmm. and at the time registration was like in the intramural racquetball courts, uh-huh. you know, because it was just such a huge school. There's 46,000 people that go to that school and you would have to line up for classes and you would see the line would be like three hours long and you would wait with your little punch card, those little weird like punch cards with the little holes in them. And you'd stand there forever and get up to the person with the the, the square box. I mean, I really sound like I'm talking about, you know, tin types or something. I mean, it's ages <laughs> ago. And you'd get up to the thing and say, I'd like this course, please. And they'd say, oh, it's sold out. Why was it sold out? Of course, because you waited in two-hour lines. Right. So I would look over to the theater table. There was never any line. Oh. So I kept just going, I got to get to lunch. I got to go register for some classes. I need... And I truly believe my lack of wanting to wait in line is what put me on the path to studying acting because the lines were short. Did you get a degree in... In, in communication. In communication. I did, but then I started acting. And then Bill Ellison, remember Bill yeah, Ellison? Yeah, I remember Bill Ellison. He said to me... At Michigan State, right. you need to go to Chicago because there's not a lot of women doing improv. And he said, go to Chicago and start doing Second City. Then I had a theater professor that said to me, you know what you got to do? Find people that you admire and do what they do. Right. And I was like, that is the stupidest, simplest, but you're such an alcoholic. You're su- you can <laughs> barely hold your head up. You've got the biggest, reddest nose. I'm here coming to you for advice with my million, zillion dollar education that my father paid for. You're the head of the theater department and you're telling me, Find people I admire and go do what they do. Uh, you stupid, stupid man. Turns out he knew everything. Right. Everything because I said, who do I admire? Gilda Radner. Who do I admire? Lily Tomlin. I knew they were funny ladies from Detroit. I don't, Gil, you know, Lily Tomlin didn't do Second City. But I thought Second City, I was like, well, yeah, people I admire, I'll go do what they did. Right. And that's what I did. And look what happened. Look what happened. I listened. Well, but you listened, and it was also, like when you're a teacher, you have no idea how you inspire people. Ah, uh, exactly right. And when you're a teacher, when you're an actor, you have no idea how you inspire yeah. people. That's why I like, like for me, I look at what Steve, what Carell is doing, what Colbert is doing, yes. and I love what they're doing. Yes. And I love who they are right now, and I don't feel jealous about them at all. And that I feel like is fucking very cool. love them. Yes. Um, and then I look and I go, okay, do I want that? Is that what I want? Interesting. And I feel like. No, that's not what I want. And why is it that that's not what I want? And this is the reason. I get to have students come up to me and say, you changed my life. That's right. And I go, I know who you are. That's right. I know where you were. And I was able to go, look from there to there. Yes. And I used to feel and like. that you found your true calling and what you were true, you truly are. It's the that I found. Exactly. Like you with your hand you on the TV. And you can see it with people in their eyeballs. Have they found it? Yes. 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 And I don't have that feeling of. Oh, what, what is the path that I didn't take? 
because I, I mean, when I was little, yeah, I was the kid that watched I Dream of Jeannie and I would arrange the pillows on the couch around me and pretend I was in my own bottle while I watched her in her bottle. Uh-huh. I was that kid, but I didn't think like, I want to be an actress. I really didn't. And when people would ask me when I was little, what do you want to be? I said, foreign correspondent. Yeah. Or I would say tour guide. So I knew that I wanted to hold a microphone of some kind. Whether it meant, I just wanted to talk to people. I didn't care how it Isn't happened. Isn't funny we did that tour scene I just wanted to talk on, to people. On, on ETC, oh, the tour guide. The I just wanted guy? to be a tour guide. And yeah. in that scene, I was a passenger. Yeah. But, but I always wanted to be the guide. I would yeah. take over and try and be the tour yes, guide. Yes, yes, In the yes, backseat yes, yes. of my father's Oldsmobile, Delta 88, huge uh-huh. giant car, I would take the seatbelts and be like, on our left, my school. <laughs> and on our right, the bank. And my parents would, Rosemary, please take a nap. Please, we are begging you. Please. Why don't you fall asleep for a few hours, honey? Because on car trips, I would drive them crazy. Why, coming up on our left, Stuckey's, a road stop. Stuckey's keeps America going. Let's pull over for some pecan divinity. I mean, I was that kid that I wanted desperately. Then I looked up being a tour guide when I got to Chicago, and I didn't think it paid very well. And I didn't want to really want to get on the Wendella boat ride. So I instead uh, took classes at Second City, and then that happened. But I wanted to somehow talk to people. I didn't care how. Which is why, you know, whenever anybody asks me, well, do you want to do it? Oh, yeah, I'm there. I'll do a podcast. Right. But I really thought I was going to call you on the phone. But I'm so glad I'm sitting with you in oh person. Oh, my God. I, fuck, I couldn't deal with it not being, being in person. A, you'd like to talk to me on the phone, no? I would talk to you on the phone. Yeah. But it's also like, I had a much know, different outfit on. But when you, talk, <laughs> when you talk to somebody on the phone, you're also kind of distracted and going, what's online? Yeah, it's true. Then when they're and sitting me, right in front of you. Yeah, I was talking to, uh, uh, I was talking to, to Laura yesterday about... Sitting here, because I sit here and I look at that and I look at my stuff and I look at the red and the red painting and the red thing and the red and all that red and the red. uh, You uh, truly have an artist's apartment. Like this apartment, this picture of this apartment could be from from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. I mean, it really looks like an artist's apartment. I know. I always wanted a home that looked like a professor lived there. Do you You have one? Is that what you have? No, I don't. You know what I'm going for now? Havana Smoking Lounge. Nice. Yeah, I'm redecorating. I'm going for tropical Havana Smoking Lounge. I am. You're I'm getting a Chase Lounge. What am I waiting for? I'm almost 50 years old. I know you gentlemen find it hard to believe. <laughs> 50. I'm going to be 50 in November, and I feel like I need a Chase Lounge. If I've ever, ever any point wanted a Chase Lounge, what am I waiting for? That's another thing that being sick gives you. Buy a Chase Lounge. You want a Chase Lounge. What are you waiting for? Fucking Somebody clearly. else to buy but a Chase it's, Lounge? It's that and it's Can also... I say Chase Lounge more? Do you? Chase Lounge is a good word. Chaise Lounge. But fainting Is it Shay Lounge? Chase Lounge. Is it Shay? Shay Lounge. Do you say the S? No, no, no. You were saying I need to know because it's coming any day now. Chase Lounge. Chase Lounge. Oh, the Chase Lounge is here. Yeah. I might not ever lay on it. I want to look at it. But that's another thing, too. I'm going to get a pot of palm to hang over it, get it right. Yeah. Tropical Havana Smoking Lounge. I don't know. But how many times do you go, I can't have that? Why? I don't know. Why can't you have that? I don't know. Because there's a way to make it happen. When I got a second, when I was taking classes, when I was... Because I grew up in Chicago, and I would go to see Second City, and I never thought about working there. Interesting. But you enjoyed it. Well, I enjoyed every moment that I was there, and I was thinking, if it ended right now, that's great. Okay. But my my thought in my head was, I don't do that. Other people do that. Uh, I think a lot of people think like that. And and so it's that narrow thinking. Instead of going, you know what? I want a fucking Chase Lounge. I'm going to get one. If I want to put a fucking lazy boy right here, I'm going to do do that. No one says no. No one says no. Last night, I had a Milky Way ice cream bar for dinner. Right. No one told me I couldn't do that. Right. Is it the best thing to do? Have sugar for dinner? Who the fuck are you to tell me best or worst? I'm not sure. No. You know, you can torture yourself back to the cancer for a minute to bring it all back down. But it's on my mind. But I, you torture yourself with going, did I do something? Did I eat? Gilda Radner's book was very interesting because she said in it, you go through your mind, was it the talcum powder? 
did I eat tuna out of the can? You drive yourself nuts thinking like, how did I give this to myself? Then someone said to me one day, you know, I think you, you, you said it around the same time that my other friend said this to me. Dogs can get it. Right. So what are you thinking you did something? A dog or a baby? Right. Who? It's right. an innocent dog or baby. You didn't do anything to yourself to get it. But I did think, is it the liquorettes I ate? Oh, I love liquorettes, David. What's a liquorette, you ask? I know you're thinking it. Yeah. Looks just like a cigarette package, but uh-huh. it's called liquorette. And they're these tiny little sugar-free black licorice candies. And I ate over 29 boxes of them. In a uh-huh. row. Oh, in a row. Yeah, yeah. So it was like you go, A lot of okay. liquorettes. So if they ever find out liquorettes with sorbitol give you cancer, I don't know exactly how I got it. <laughs> but no, it's not how I got it because I didn't have colon cancer. No. No. I had a tumor hanging off my appendix. Anyway... <laughs> But, but it's look at all now. the things that came out But a year ago today, I was finishing chemo. A year I ago. That. I right now, I was still in the chemo. So now if you were to say to me, a year will, in fast forward to a year, September 2012, you'll be sitting with David, totally fine. Uh, I'd be like, what? This is the best, this is the best news ever. Right. You know? Right. So we don't know what a year can bring. When people are upset by either a love relationship, a job they don't like, you know, whatever. Their kids driving them crazy. I said, in the Four Seasons. Wait for the Four Seasons. Right. Because you see how everything changes from the year. 2010, completely different than September 2011. Right. Completely different than September 2012. All those things that we look at, like like for me, the greatest thing that happened to me that I can remember, if someone says, what was the best thing that happened to you in the, in the past three years? Past three years. Right? For me, this would be it. I broke my foot. Oh. I broke my foot. Okay. That was the best fucking thing and that happened And why was that? Because I live alone. Okay. I don't live, I don't have a washer and a dryer okay. here. Um, I wasn't dating anybody. Does not anybody sound best this. so far. Continue. No, but listen to okay. this. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't dating okay. anybody. Um, I don't, didn't know my neighbors okay. very well. But I, these are the people that I knew. Brian Blondell. Brian Blondell. Your broken foot was a blessing. And Brian Blondell fucking helped me out so much. But what it really did was it made me appreciate my friends. That's right. It also said, if I want to go get that coffee mug over there, I've got to be present to every That's step right. of the way. Okay. I've got to be aware of that. You see your mind. You turn that into a blessing. I never see it. Because looking David, back on it, fantastic. I've never seen it as that's anything. That's inspirational. Other. And remember speaking being... of Brian Blundell, he is a person that inspires me because he actually, at a New Year's party with you, mm-hmm. we were all there together. Do you remember that? Absolutely. His knee. He broke, I don't know what exactly he did. He twisted, he, he No, what happened was, was the muscle, the muscle pulled away, away from his knee. Horrible. But do you, were you in the car with us on the way over there? No, the I stayed at the party. <laughs> no, but at the beginning. No, exactly. You said, tell me what okay, you said. Okay, so, so we're, we're meeting at Nia All on our way to a party. All, and Nia said, we're going to have, uh, we're going to get a limousine. That's right. On New Year's Eve, and we're going to, what's his name? Stephen Weber's house. Stephen Weber's Stephen house. Stephen Weber of Wings. Yes, Stephen yeah. Weber of Wings. And, and we're going to this, and it's like, we're going to do that. I'm like, great. So we go, I go to Neonians over in uh, Hancock Park, whatever you want to call that area, Windsor Square. And I go over there and I park, and it's and suddenly this eight, this six people who are going to be in the back of this limousine, so right. we not have to drive, is now 10. Right. And we get in the car, and we, and we close the door, and we're in the car. And out of the blue, I just say, two of us will not be coming back in this limousine. We couldn't stop talking about that. You somehow knew. And sure enough, you and we Brian. We get to the party. Yeah. We go upstairs. We walk early, inside. Early, early oh, on in the party. Yeah, yeah. No one we had even really inside. had anything to drink. Yeah. No. And I remember I was out in the backyard getting high with some people. 
And Bill Maher was there watching. eventually. <laughs> I remember what? Who was there? Bill Maher actually. Bill Maher was there, and uh, what's her name? Ariana uh, Huffington. Ariana Huffington. So we're so so. Blundell opens the door to Ugh. walk outside and falls down immediately. Immediately, we he I don't even think he has a drink in him. And I'm looking around, going, so we got to call the paramedics. The paramedics come, and he's like, we got we're gonna take somebody home to we got to take you home to the we got to take you to the hospital. Yeah. Well, who's gonna go? And, and I looked around going, I'm single. Right. I don't have, you want to turn the, the phone off there? Um, I'm single. Yeah. Nobody, I'm not obligated with anybody And here. you did it. It's in the kitchen. Um, and so the, the two of those are the two of us. And I was know. thinking about him when you said that about breaking your foot because I remember his mother had to come here to take care of him. Oh my God. And he said, it's a blessing. He had two uninterrupted weeks with her. Where he wouldn't have had that because she had lived in, you know, in Florida or, or Illinois or whatever. She was, they were far apart. She passed away shortly after that. She died and he right said after that. His, that was a blessing. So turning an injury into a blessing, it was meant to happen that he get to spend that kind of quality time with his Exactly. Mother. How crazy, how fucked up crazy is that? But what a that? great mindset to, to look at, to look at it like that, you know? But look at what you, what, what that brought to you. Yeah. What, what your experience your health your health challenge brought to you he's what he's one of the people and you too that told me that i absolutely had to do the treatment i did not want to do it and i did it i did it i feel very proud of myself because my doctor said that he had really big big strapping six foot tall cops and firemen that were like oh, i can't handle it. after two they could they just couldn't make it through it and i feel like i made it through it you do feel like i don't know if the term survivor i didn't want i was shying away from that i didn't want people i remember the lady across the street after i got diagnosed she was like you're with us now you're a survivor and i'm like i'm not a survivor i'm not don't put me in your club i don't want to be in that club how do you feel about it now now i feel like yes i am a survivor right because i feel like the treatment is what makes you the a survivor when you go through that right you look into the other eyeballs of the people that you that have also gone through that you know you've been through something do you have less you really patience have. with people who are yes. pettier yes. about shit <laughs> yes uh -huh. to interrupt you yes yeah yes yes <laughs> i do have less uh -huh. patience and with people who really make a big deal over something that you just go that that's not that's not a big deal no. but then i don't want to take it away if somebody else finds their thing a big deal then that's their frame of reference so that's their big deal right so i also in turn try and be sympathetic because a lot of people when you're really sick say i mean it's nothing compared to what you're going through it's like no you're going through something too right you can't lose that sense of like yes i have the absolute worst of anybody you know well, how can you compare yourself to anybody no anyway? you, can't. you know it's like all right you know, but i'm still um, i was just as sympathetic to like a friend going through a divorce or another friend having you know another medical test that wasn't maybe as serious, it's still a big deal. If it's a big deal in your life, it's a big deal. Right. But it's just having that perspective of going like, don't sweat this too much. Because in two days from now, it could all be different. Well, I, I was looking at um, uh, Mo Collins was here. And she's, yeah, she's going awesome. through, yes, she's she, a survivor as well. We bonded on that. Oh, and we did a comedy project for Fremantle, the producers of American Idol, which has nothing to do with anything other than they hired us one summer, 2004. It was the summer of 2004. Mo Collins, myself, um, Jay, what's his name? You like him. Jay Johnson. Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah Jay Johnson. A bunch of people. We John, were in yeah. Fremantle, a comedy think tank. Uh -huh. Okay. So Mo Collins and I sat there together and ate so many little pepper from goldfish. When she called me to tell me of her health problems uh -huh. and I had mine, I was like, what was in the Twizzlers? What was in the goldfish? <laughs> did they poison us in that room? What did we do? Because right, right. we it's both like, had these weird sort of yeah. Stomach. It's like people on the set of The Misfits, like which is like yeah. you know all this like, did they like all Clark get Gable, sick? Marilyn Monroe, yeah. like what the fuck? was And going I also on? got uh, watched behind the scenes of Bewitched, and they all died of the same weird sort of mysterious like 
like cancer related. And I thought, was it the, remember when Dr. Bombay or they would like explode into a cloud of like blue puff smoke? They all had weird cancers. That whole cast of people. And you think, wait a minute, did something happen with the right. special effects on Bewitched that killed all these people? Ooh, it could be. Could be. Conspiracy theories here in the mm-hmm. Brzezowski podcast. The, uh, so, the, the, so, but so you were you starting were, to talk about Mo Collins. You and, you and Mo, but, yeah. but, but like Mo going through all those things as yeah. well. And her looking at that experience and what she did was she did the same thing that we're talking about here. It fucking made her stronger. Yes. But will only make you stronger if you go, this is something that's happening. Yep. It's not something that I did or I deserved or that's what right. the fuck. Because you can't look behind what it is that you've got to go, what brought you here? Because the how and the why don't I think too many people would dwell in the why me, why me. Because my friend Ronnie kept saying to me, you're not spending any time going why me? And I was like, why me? Well, I will tell you this, just the same way that you said two of us will not be returning in this limo. One day before I went to the doctor when he did the CT scan to go, yeah, there's something in there that we don't quite know what it is. I was driving in Burbank by the Motion Picture Television Health Fund. Mm-hmm. If you've ever been there, it's the strangest uh-huh. thing. Like, you go to this doctor's office. There are giant black and white pictures of, like, Bob Hope, Lauren right. Bacall. So you're laying there for your exam, and you're, like, looking at, you know, Vivian Leigh. Like, it's just, right. there's all these stars, pictures, strange decor for a doctor's office. But I was driving down that street, and I passed the Falcon Theater. Uh-huh. And I don't know what made me think of this. Because I was thinking about Julia Sweeney's show. Yeah. And I thought, wow, if she I ever got something, show, if I ever got something big like cancer, I wonder if I'd ever turn it into a show. Right. I wonder what that would feel like to have cancer. The day before, the day before also that I went to the doctor, I was in an exercise class and I looked at this group of women and I thought, wow, the statistics for breast cancer are one in three now. And I thought in this front row of this exercise class, one of us for sure will, will have some kind of cancer. Why did I have those two thoughts the week the week that I was getting you that a maybe diagno- that's what got gave you cancer. That's why he thinking came. about it. <laughs> Just thinking about it. But it's something that you think that was supposed that was for whatever reason supposed to happen. So I now think, what can I do with I it? I believe that we know more shit than we know. I think know we do. We I think know. we do. We know we know. And and we know we know. Yes. And and uh, We know more shit than we think we know. Well, there's what we know, what we didn't know, and then what we didn't know we didn't know. It's a Martin DeMott thing. There you go. Martin it's DeMott those two circles that. that intersect. What the we Venn know, diagram. what we didn't know, and what we didn't know we didn't know. Right. That blows my mind. Um, um, uh, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, who does the Agape Spiritual Center. Say that slower. Michael, Reverend Michael, Michael Bernard Beckwith. Reverend Michael Re- Bernard Oh, have Beckwith. you, have you, have he you has been there? braids. He is a handsome, he is a man. handsome man. He really is. Of course, is my a- mother watched him on Oprah. Why doesn't that man cut his hair? He will be so nice looking with shorter hair. You should see the suits that that fucker he wears. He is really he's something. Really, are you looking at him and go, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, he's. So he says, we know everything, but our answers are released on a need-to-know basis. Oh, very So it's that feeling of to go in and to think, I know what's going on here. Right. And right now I'm just going to learn that I know that. Interesting. And it's what happens in improvisation. Yes. Where if you want to look at it and say, I, am, uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm really nervous about what's happening. I'm really, really nervous about what's happening. Then that's what you're thinking. I mean, that's you're right. not present to the moment of that beautiful fucking thing that goes on between two people. That's right. On stage. And you're closing it off. But you're, what are you closing off? Because I was reading uh, uh, 
Can you believe that our friends have written books? I was reading uh, DiCarlo's book. Did okay. you read it? I did. The, the four, uh, it's 400 Cities, 400, One yeah, Stomach. Yeah, yeah, and by yeah, accident, I called it 400 Stomachs, One City. <laughs> right, right, right. Fork in the Road. So it's a fork on the yes. road. And in that, he just meets all yes, these people. Yes, the dill pickle man like, and the donut people in exactly. Oregon. Yes. Like, I'm proving now, Mark, that I read your book. Okay. Right, yeah. right. I told yeah. him yesterday, I said, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. And then I showed it to him. Yes. And I was indeed in the middle of it. But the idea that that... How many people he knows yes. and how open he is. To new experiences. Exactly. Yeah, people like that, are they thrill me because I feel like there is a part of me that people think, oh, you're so social, you love talking to people. I have this moment. Do you ever have this at a party where I walk in and I think right away, I want to be home in my pajamas. Yeah. I want to be home. I don't want to be here. And then after a while, I get, I get okay. Right. But I feel like I have a bit of, I'm a little antisocial. I don't want that to take over as I get older. I don't want to be antisocial. But, I, but what, I'm the what, most social, antisocial person. I think. Do, how does that? How does that affect the fact? How does that affect the fact that you that you? But I are, push through and I stay. I stay. Well, my my question is how? Because uh, I was talking to I was talking to uh, to Tim Meadows. Yes. Because uh, and 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 Timmy. Another and I were, extremely handsome man. Oh fuck! You look at him. You go like like how? What the fuck? He's, he's charismatic. And he can't. Oh my God! Yeah. So charismatic, and 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 I was at the I was at the airport. I was at in, in Chicago, uh-huh. and our flight was delayed, and he was on the same flight. Oh, it was like, nice. How fucking nice was that? And how many people came up to him and talked oh, to him? Oh, and he's and gracious. He said, and he's gracious. Yeah. And he said, he said, um, I'm as famous as I want to be. Oh, okay. I'm just at that point. Interesting. And I was thinking, oh my God, dude. Everybody's coming up to you. You can't get say. the fuck away from that. And I think that if I if I were that famous, it would drive me fucking Do you know what? Crazy. I I thought it would be cool and I had a very very small level because being on a child I was on a kids show. Mm-hmm. That's a Raven a kids show and at the height of its popularity, you know, Disney Channel runs it on a loop. Right. So it's not like back in the day where you'd have to wait for your favorite show to come on and right. see it once. These kids see it so many times that they come up to you in the mall and they say all your lines to you. <sighs> They know everything. Right. Remember the time? Remember the one where you found, and you found the yeah. popcorn and you were eating it and then you took that toothbrush and you were itching your tongue with it? No. I don't remember any of that. I don't. And you remember the time then the poodle was pink? It's like, now you're talking about an episode I wasn't in. I sure don't know what that one is. But they all want, you know, they take, I was in like a Marshalls or whatever and they take like the cardboard out of the folded shirts so that I could sign it. That's happened a bunch of times and sign my cup, sign my hat, sign my, and I thought, I, I like to move about. Freely, right. I don't. I don't like to stop. You can't. And we have friends. I mean, I have friends who are very well known, and they have right. to stop. They said they have so many pictures of themselves with a bathroom stall as the background because they catch them mid pee, David, midstream. Well, what, what to say? Can I get a picture when you're done in there? Not for me. That is not for me. You I'm know, just and reading I something that I was talking about how many pictures they have people with in bathroom stalls. Yeah, a woman that was saying that. That's where they that. trap you. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's for me. I mean, I've, I've had to pose for the good thing about. It, I mean, at Disneyland, people look at you like. There she is, live and moving around. Right. And then my husband would say, because I imitated my mother on that show, and I would be like, Raven, remember, I printed the test on pink paper because that spells fun to me. He's like, give it, give him a line. My husband will shove me towards people. Yeah, it's really her. Do the line for them. He goes, come on, do the line for them. I'm like, John, I don't feel like you. He goes, Rosie, it's like seeing Mickey Mouse without his head. Don't take your head off for these kids. Don't blow their minds. Make you be the person that they love from TV. So I'm like, okay. Do you recognize me? Of course. So I have to do it because otherwise their little faces are like, it's not you. You don't talk like the lady. You know? 
But I think that's that is I, that's interesting that he said that as famous as I want to be because I think I used to think oh it'd be so great no 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 no, no you, you can't, can't move freely out. about the cabin David I mean, you cannot no you no. cannot uh-huh. no, and I remember being in Chicago mm-hmm. and and being like Chicago main stage and you'd be standing in line at a restaurant people oh. go. You come here. I you don't mean, have to stand in line. You right, go over right. here to the front. I'm like, the Russian tea room used to be downtown. <laughs> and like the guy would say, I just saw you in a show. I and, love and, it. But it's that idea of he would come up to you. Do you remember the scene where you did it? No, like, no, no, I don't. I don't. That's I don't gone now. That scene. That's gone now. <laughs> It's gone That's now. gone now. Right. Now, but do we like the perks of being, of, of things like that? Because I've been with people that are well-known, and they do get to cut the line. There is a mo- part of me that momentarily feels bad for all the people I'm cutting. Then I get over it so fast. Well, I, I get over it. Is that do, terrible of do me? You do, um, do you do Like cutting roller, the line do do at Disneyland? I don't. But I, I went to Disneyland with a friend of ours who... ABC right. and gets to cut the line. And, right. But they do it in a classy way where they don't torture all the poor people waiting in the hot sun for an hour and a half and put you kind of in the front of the ride. I got into it. To the point where I got so into it, not waiting in line, that I forgot, oh, this is just for rides. It's not for, I don't know, the ladies' room. I know. And then there's a huge sneaking really around line. line yeah. And I cut the whole thing off to go in the front of the ladies' room. And thankfully, a person at the front of that line went, oh, she was on that so raven. It's okay. Why? Why is it okay just because you've been on a show, you get to pee first? But I loved it. Bought my caramel corn first, peed first. Uh, Love cutting the line. Right, right, right. Still found right. a way to cut the line. I just went to Greek Fest. Here's what you do when you want to cut the line. This is terrible because other people are going, you're going to have bad karma, Rose, for cutting the line with people that have been waiting and waiting for their gyro at Greek Fest. They're waiting. The line probably would be about 40 minutes. You know what I do? Look for someone texting. They're not paying attention. Right. They don't care if they get their gyro two seconds Good later. Idea. They're texting. Right. Stand right in front of her. Hi, could I get one, please? Oh, Didn't feel bad about it. Is that no, wrong? I did not, not feel bad about no, it. No, because they're not paying attention. They were not paying attention. No. Still, it might be a little bit of bad karma. But you know what? I'm not gonna don't, worry you, about it. don't you love fucking going first class? I just don't wanted to pull it? something. No, Sometimes I, I just like to pull a caper, David. A caper? I, I like to pull a caper. I like you to get away with something. You know what you need? You need a television show. You need a movie. Called Pull a Caper? Pull a caper. All right. It's a movie. It's a movie. And you pull a caper. I like to pull a caper. You pull a caper. Now my and husband. And you know who's your sidekick? Who's my sidekick? You just mentioned him. Who? Fucking John Matta, your husband. My husband. Is your fucking sidekick. My husband, while I was sick, was so kind to me and took care of me. And he decided to release stress. He's an artist. He draws a daily napkin. Yeah. A comic on a napkin what's the, every you want day. To plug, what's it's the called Matta Napkin. Matta and he napkin. has a blog yeah. where he draws something funny on a napkin every day, and yeah. he is never out of ideas. But he also he has fascinates guest me. stars. Do he has guests napkin. do napkins. He's yeah. had great Eric Stone Street's been a guest. Sean yeah. Hayes has been a guest. He's had some great guest napkins. Well, now he needs the napkins to draw on, right? Yeah. He has favorite napkins. He doesn't want just any napkins. I would imagine. So he likes the napkins, David, from the Cheesecake Factory. So I, who love to pull a caper, am in charge of getting the napkins for the uh-huh. napkin block. Mm-hmm. So how do you lift a bunch of napkins? Now, is this like a green project? No, because we're using a lot of napkins. But we put art on the napkins, so it, I don't feel like I'm just wasting napkins no, and throwing right. away napkins. But I need a few napkins because he draws one every day. So I'm at the Cheesecake Factory, and I don't want to be that person that takes like too much. You know, you want to be able to take one napkin, save the planet. You know, you don't want to. But I go up to the bar, and the guy sees me grab a handful of napkins, more than any one diner could use in one sitting. And I can't think of anything, so I just go, oh, my neck, my neck. I've cut my neck. Now, who in a restaurant is going to stop a woman with a bleeding neck? I needed to absorb the blood with napkins. I cut my neck. I cut my neck. neck. I couldn't think of anything else. I cut my neck. In that moment, I grabbed the napkins, put them straight to my neck. Oh, I've cut my neck. I've cut my neck. I'm shrimp poppers. I've cut my neck. 
How? They didn't know. Everybody backed <laughs> the, away. The how and why They backed matter. away. They yeah. didn't want to know. I held the napkins to the my neck when neck I got back. is really a good Because you remember the the barbecue the, the barbecue survivor thing that, that tomorrow night? Oh, well, yes, of course. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. That yes. Nina put together. Yes. And, um, and, and tomorrow night did a bit yes. where she would punch me in the yes. neck. And it's like, you, I need my neck. Neck why is a vulnerable spot. It really is. But it's also a good word. Yeah, neck. Neck. It ends with it. It's like, well, anytime there's a K involved, it's kind of funny. Like but pickle. I need my neck. But you don't ever talk about your neck. I would like to start talking about my neck all the time now. Do you know my mother told me that I need to moisturize my neck because that's what keeps, that's what when people, that's the telltale sign of a woman aging is the neck. Yeah. You cannot help the neck, honey. You want to keep the neck smooth. I have not been doing it at all. Who has time, Rose? Who has time? Well, it's just, it doesn't take that much more time. Just put the moisturizer down. Oh, just go neck. down further yeah, go than down, you go do your up. face. No, keep going up. Everything's supposed to go up. But you know what's going to happen? That has go. nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I love your mom. I really do. But you know what? All this shit's going to fucking happen anyway. <laughs> it is. And what ends up happening... I had a lady... Let Watch. Does my neck look totally scary <laughs> like this? This lady was named Aster, and she worked in a weight loss clinic. Oh and that's God. what her neck looked like because she was too thin. Do you Aster, ladies, nine grapes is equivalent to <laughs> one fruit. You can only have nine grapes. Nine. That is a fruit exchange. And the woman sitting next to me, I've said this before, said to me, nine. Did she say nine? Shoot, I eat nine in the store just to see if they're good. <laughs> I just remember that every time I go shopping. I ate nine in the store. I will, and speaking of capers, I will take a grape when I'm in the Ralphs to test it out. I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to commit to that whole bunch, David. Without take, my that. husband does not like that when I'm eating the food that I have not paid for yet. I eat a grape. To me, it's Whole Foods or Ralph's gift to me right. for shopping there. And you know a what? You grape. shop there. You fucking shop there. I shop there, and I want to taste the grape before I come into a whole bunch. Were you, going back to the neck, were you in ETC when Jack Brickhouse and his wife came to I the was. show? I was. I was. Right? Yes. And so she... Pat. Pat. Her name was Pat Brickhouse. Pat yeah. Brickhouse. Wow. So Jack Brickhouse was... Uh, he was uh, he was uh, the the the, um, the announcer for the Cubs. Yes. And his wife Pat. Yep. And they were about a billion years they old. They were so old. And she they came. came they came to the show and they came back. Yes, I remember that. And she was wearing a spaghetti dress. Yes. And she was. Uh, she had to be She's eighty. Ancient. She had to be eighty. Ancient. And she was wearing one of these dresses that you could see her breasts and you don't want to. Don't. You know what what Lenny Bruce said? You could see her tits, but you don't want to see yeah. her tits. And you're going, oh my God, she's she 80. needed to be iron. She really. I will she be was wrinkled so one day, wrinkled. and someone will make that joke about me. But she really needed thing. to be ironed. And she beeline to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She beeline to yeah. me, and she takes her finger uh-uh. and she puts it on the bridge of my nose, okay. and she says, "I love your nose." Oh, I remember. And she said, "That would come in handy." Oh no. Oh no. Ah. And she goes, "That would come in handy." Oh, natural. Oh no. And I'm going. Oh Did no. Did you just? What oh, the fuck no. just happened? I can't. What the fuck just happened? I do remember what the fuck that. Just happened? I blocked it all these years. What the fuck just happened? Are you saying that you want to sit on my face? Pat Brickhouse. She's a brick house. She's mighty mighty letting it all hang out. She is truly no, a brick. No, hang out. I can't even. Like that idea of like looking at her going, oh, that was such She's a nice a thing brick. to say. She's a brick. And the idea of like going, like, how would that work out? I don't know. I don't know. David, you're making me go there and picture it. I can't. I cannot. Oh, natural. Oh, natural. I'm going, gee, that, that would come in handy. Oh, natural. I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. How many times has that been in your mind over the years? I haven't thought about that in a really long time. I'm so glad. Time. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm I so glad that's not that. something you think about, like, every time you clean your windshield, <laughs> every time you, I don't want to know that that affected you yeah, in any way. No, 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 okay. no. It was lovely. It was really, it was like, what a nice thing to say. Mm-mm. 
But you know what? That goes back to the idea of like every experience that you have, there isn't a good, there isn't a bad. I don't think she walked away going, I just hit upon that guy. No, no. She she had a wonderful, she just moves through life. Clearly, people who are bold enough to say things like that, she's gone on to that. But we know, I think a lot, those are the the people that we know. The people that just keep fucking moving forward. But I love people with good memory. Like I love to be with people from a fun time back in the day because you'll remind me of something that I don't remember and I'll remind you of something that you don't remember. Well, you know who's great at that? Nia's great at that. Nia Bargallis is fucking great at that. She remembers funny things, yeah. She also remembers names. Yes, she does. She met my mother and she met my mother and my former mother-in-law and father-in-law. She hadn't seen them in five years. And she remembered their names. And she walked up and said, Betty, how are you? She's amazing. And she'll tell a story with such, she can tell the best stories of um, self-deprecation, like of some crazy thing that happened like years yep. ago on a tilt-a-whirl or something. But that's like, why I love yeah. I love our, our circle of friends. I, I have to say, everybody's I agree. so fucking self-deprecating. Yes. And the people that we know that are going through health challenges or relationship challenges, and and they're and they know that they can come, and we all just hang out yeah. and support each it's other. It's special. It is special. I yeah. wouldn't trade it for the world. No. I I love that, and I love that you mentioned Joyce. She she was so important to our lives. I mean. When we had the big reunion, how what year was that? A couple uh, of December. Two thousand nine. I didn't really want to go. I was like, ah, you know, well, I worked there. Susie be like, talked me into going. Susie talked me into going. Susie yeah. Nakamura gets yeah. total credit because she said we wouldn't know each other if it weren't for that place. Don't you yeah, see? And I was really... like, I don't want to go back there. How fun was that flight with four hundred second city do, people? I didn't do that. Oh, David, I it was like the that. fastest cross country trip ever because you were with you know four hundred funny 400 people. Four hundred second city alumni. Yeah. Southwest Airlines. A lot of fun. Yeah, but it's also the idea of. Like Catherine O'Hara watching a scene that I'm doing and then Crazy. afterwards looking at me and, and going, you are a it. fucking great actor. Yeah, was, like Catherine O'Hara just said I was oh a great actor. Oh my God, it was generations act. of people loving. And I think the highlight scene I got to be in was, I didn't originate it, but that Maya scene. I'm so glad you did that. I, me too. I was very lucky. Yeah. That was another thing where Jackie Hoffman couldn't do it because she was in a, a she was, show. She was doing a show on Broadway. Yeah, no, yeah. she was doing she was in The Chicago. Adams Family, yeah. Um, uh, wait, there was something I was going to say about that. Um, oh, but Joyce did this. Carell and I were hired together. I don't know if you know this story. Carell and I, we auditioned, and Michael Gelman, we auditioned for the touring company. Okay. And Gelman said, uh, Michael Gelman, who uh, teaches Second City, director of Second City, he said, um, you guys are in. We're like, great. He said, sit and watch the... Sit and watch the rehearsals, and we'll tell you when it's like. So Steve and I would come to rehearsals on main stage, and we walk and we just hang out there. And one day I see Joyce walk through and look at us and walk away, and we're like, "Oh, that looked didn't look good." And then that night I get a phone call from Wendell McClure saying, "Come in tomorrow. We need to talk to you." And I'm like, "Great!" And I talked to Steve, and we went, "Great. We're we're you know we're we're." And so we came in the next day. I think that night I did acid, and I didn't sleep at oh, all. Oh, Dave! I think I did acid that night because um, I used to do acid with Tim Slagle and uh, Richard Label. We do acid when someone important died. Okay. We just do acid as a and tribute walk to them. What's that? As, as a, a tribute. tribute. And okay. we walk through Chicago with candles, okay. like burning in our hands, and just like fucking do acid and walk through. Anyway, we did that. So I think I didn't get any sleep. So is there like, an acid hangover that happens? Or? Well, there is. Okay, there is. Okay. It's, like, it's like this echo that you can't get out of your head for two days. Um, that's why I don't do it anymore. But I remember coming in that next morning and sitting down and Wendell McClure saying, all right, um, I would fire you, but you were never hired. Oh. Michael have... Gelman should not have hired you. What? I did um, not know this. And no, nobody knows the story. I've never told oh. this story before. And Michael Gelman should not have hired you. Joyce hires you. Michael Gelman does not hire you. Okay. And you are not hired. And we're like, what the fuck? And we go So here off. you've been thinking you're We're hired. The, yeah. And then Carell says, I got to write a letter. And I'm like, well, then write a fucking letter. Yeah. You know? So he writes a letter. 
And he, he, I think I go over to his house and we look at the letter and the letter essentially said, um, this is not our intention. We did not mean for this to happen. The last thing that we want to do for for that to happen. Right. And I think he signed it and I signed it. Okay. I would love to have a copy of that wow. fucking letter. And we mail or we, we But what we drop was the off. letter, not our intention, what did it mean, not our intention? Like um, We did not, we we would not be there if we didn't think that, okay. you know, we wouldn't right, be at rehearsal. Right, right, right. And sure enough, a week later, Joyce goes, okay. And wow. then casts us. But God bless Carell. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you. Fascinating. He you know? just thought to apologize in the moment. But he was also so directed and focused on what he wanted in his That's life that really he was able cool. to go, this is not going to get in my fucking way. Meant to happen, it's going to happen. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. I think I went to do it. I auditioned. I think there were like three, somebody said like 300 people. The year I got hired, I remember it was two, they had slots for two women. And it was myself and Amy Sedaris. And I was like, I'm so lucky. Boy, oh boy. It was just, it was like, wait, you're going to pay me to travel around the country with funny people and I get to put on wigs and do sketches? Right. But I get paid for that? Right. I could. I thought there were, I thought I was really pulling a caper. Like, this is a, I'm doing some scam. Oh, totally. I hope no one finds out. I, you know? As I said, yeah. I never, when I got crazy. hired, um, it was Lab, Richard Label, oh Mick God. Napier, like all these people auditioned with me and then I got a call back. I'm like, there must be some there mistake. There are names you're bringing <clears throat> up and instantly, do you have like that Rolodex file of the one funny thing you know about people or even not if it's such a funny thing, but just a thing you know about people? Yeah. Richard Label telling a story of lighting his farts on fire. Yep. That, then, that, when you say his name, that's the first thing I think of. Mick Napier going through security in the airport and his... His cock ring goes off. Correct. And they have, but and when you say those two names, ring. those are the things I think yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But label, I wonder what people think of when they hear my name. Yeah. I don't think it's well, anything it, like a cock ring or a fart. I do not think I so. I haven't thought... No, certainly <laughs> no, not. No, no, it is certainly not. not. No, certainly it not. is There's not. There's a bunch of things I no. think about. But Label, didn't he light his fart on fire and it set the uh, I, hotel room on I fire? I believe it did. I, I believe... He set his fart and, it, and, and the He duvet. tells a wonderful story yeah, the, about oh, it. Oh, he's a great storyteller. He is an amazing storyteller. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to close off right now. On a fart? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? Help Richard listens to this and knows that we paid tribute to him. You know what? What's funny is DiCarlo brought up Richard Label yesterday. Who doesn't bring up Richard Label? Because DiCarlo bringing up Richard Label yesterday was about there's a guy who's doing his own fucking thing. Doing his own thing. And and so when people say, oh, you know what? I want I want a career like this right. or that. There's so many you know, different things you could have. It's, but it's also the idea of do you really want a career like Colbert? Do you want to be Colbert? I don't think because I could do Because you do it. know I don't think a couple I things about Colbert. Well, one of the things is his father and... I know. You know, his know. father died in a plane crash. I know. Because if you're going to you know get the TV We would show, get on a little plane, Amy and our little touring group, and I was in the touring company. It was Paul Donello, Steve Colbert, Amy Sedaris, myself, Ian Gomez. And Amy would say, well, our plane's not going to go down because God wouldn't do that to Steve's mom. Think about it. It would be too much tragedy for one family. Crazy. Crazy. There was a story of a guy who was in Hiroshima working for a company, a Japanese company. And he, 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 he took a train into Hiroshima or something like that. And he was there and the city was bombed. Uh-huh. And he survived. And he goes back home. The next day he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And where does he live? Nagasaki. Oh. And then the, he, that was bombed. Oh, no, no. So there really is no limit to the kind of things that can happen to one person. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And that's a true story. Yeah. Like, like he's two of the sur- most famous bombed places. Right. The two. Two. There are two. 
Check them all. Done. Check it off. Done. All right, now what? No matter what anyone says to him in the future, it's he like, would be like, if somebody says, oh, oh this- yeah, I lived in two places. <laughs> there. You could top everything at all right, times. Right, right. It's like, you know what? This line's too long. And you go, shut the fuck up. I've been <laughs> Exactly. I was at Hiroshima. So what? I was at Nagasaki, too. Oh, all right, get in front of me. You win. Like, what the fuck? You cutting win. the line. You brought it all back <laughs> exactly. together and cutting the line. I okay. love it. What's the Let's name stop. of this whole thing we just did? Um, what do we, what's it? Are, it truly is ADD. Oh, perfect. Okay, yeah, so we were yeah. ADD because we yeah. really were ADD. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah. I, I always try to bring it to go, okay, we're over here, but I want to bring stuff back. You brought because, everything back to everything. Because it's, you know, the inventory that we have, but it's a second. You know, did we like, talk about positivity? Yeah, we I did. think we did. We did. Okay. We did. Right. See, I, I like to talk about it without bringing it up. Sure. You know, talk about it. Talking Let's talk about, about everything without bringing anything up. We just did. I, uh, uh, I agree with you on all that. Okay, good. Let's be done with that. Great. Thank you, everybody. Today's episode was sponsored by Fresh Balls, deodorant for your balls. For more information, go to www.freshballs.com. So fresh, so dry. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I am Ian Foley, and this is comedian Mel Fine with Mama Mel. Prepare for enlightenment so bright, it will sunburn your soul with Mama Mel. My drunk Uncle Luby has a full-time job at always looking to sue somebody. At least once a week, he tries the old, I slipped and fell in a puddle at the grocery store. Like cameras didn't capture him from five different angles with his moneymaker hanging out, urinating in the aisle, then diving on top of it like a sugar glider on crack. Once, when he was almost hit by a car, he said, I wish he'd have hit me. I'd have sued him for all he's worth. He was referring to a 1985 El Camino with no hood. That dude doesn't care about covering his engine, much less his ass with an insurance policy. Who sees that rolling hep C wagon and thinks, jackpot? You're a despicable drunk, Luby, but I love you, and I don't want to work either. So thanks for the material, bud.